It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to the Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Good to see some familiar faces again. Um, you know, we, we've had a, a handful of, um, I guess, White Sox events uh, the last month or so, um, whether it be uh, signing Martin Maldonado, um, signing Chris Flexen and Tim Hill, um, and, and certainly look forward to diving into to those signings and, uh, you know, certainly sharing uh, the thought process behind that, uh, continuing the theme that, you know, we've been speaking about uh, from the beginning. Uh, from a, a staff personnel standpoint, I know that there was some news uh, that broke over the weekend uh, regarding uh, Assistant General Manager Jeremy Haber uh, that uh, is uh, eventually going to be uh, leaving the White Sox, um, you know, Jeremy and I are have been working together closely for for seven years. Um, he's been here for, I believe, a decade. Um, we have a close both working relationship, but also personal relationship. Um, and this is something that, um, you know, we've been talking about for, for the last couple months. Um, you know, Jeremy and I, we love to work together. Um, you know, we, we've gotten to know each other's families. Um, so uh, from a personal standpoint, um, I don't like the fact that, uh, you know, he's not going to be part of the White Sox family anymore, but certainly wish him well. Um, very bright guy. He's done a lot for, for the organization and myself um, and look forward to, to, you know, his next adventure in which he'll eventually be able to, to share more on. So um, from there, I'll, I'll open it up to questions. Thank you, Chris. Uh, as usual, everyone, please raise your hand if you have a question. We have a few hands raised, but I'm guessing we'll have more than two uh, for this Zoom. Let's go ahead and start with Scott Merkin. Thanks, Ray. Hey, Chris. Um, Thanks, Scott. There's been a lot of talk about Dylan Cease and, you know, where he may go, where he might not go. Can you get whatever you can tell us? Can you give us some sort of update of what you're looking for in that situation? And, you know, obviously he's a guy who can help any team, including your own, going into 2024. Sure. Um, you know, I think, you know, certainly going into the offseason um, with, uh, 
they're trying to to certainly get our our club in a much better place than than where it's been here recently. We had to be open minded with um, perhaps making some some trades. Uh, obviously, we had the Aaron Bummer deal. Um, was able to trade for Max Stassi um, and ha- have been you know open minded uh, with other players on the roster because I felt like that was the right thing to do. We, we've had conversations about Dylan C's, but I also know that you know, we're not going to to move a player like Dylan or anyone else unless we feel like uh, we're going to benefit. Um, so it's got to be the, a right fit for, for certainly all parties. Um, you know, a lot of these conversations are ongoing. Um, there's a lot that goes into any sort of trade transaction. There's a lot of uh, conversations, build up research, and obviously getting it to the finish line. And, you know, as part of the offseason, we'll continue to do that to find ways to get our club better. Uh, Vinny Duber. Hey, Chris, when you talk about something that benefits you guys, whether it's with Dylan or in any hypothetical trade, what are you guys kind of looking to do? I mean, is this a long-term benefit? Is it is it types of players who can help you more immediately? Or is it guys that maybe go down in the farm system and a couple of years from now are, are looking like, you know, maybe cornerstones of what you're building for the future? Quite honestly, all of the above. I mean, it, for sustainability, it's important to, to, to you know, if, if you're fun- able to find a, 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 a trade that you want it to, to help you both in the short term and long term. Um, so there potentially there could be players that go to our, our minor league system, um, certainly could help our major league club. Uh, you know, you certainly want this to be a balancing uh, attack. And, um, you know, so you, you hope that you're able to benefit uh, immediately. Sometimes that's not the case. Um, you know, we're looking for ways to get better both short term and long term. Bruce Levine. Chris, uh, how does the uh, free agent pitching market impact uh, talks about Cease? And does it just make the most sense for you to wait for uh, Snell Montgomery and Imanaga to sign so therefore you have a captive audience for the other 29 teams that or 26 or 27 teams that don't sign one of those three? You know, it's tough to tell when it comes to um, whether it be a cease market or anyone, any other, uh, you know, player, uh, players market. You know, there's we're certainly not operating in a vacuum. Um, You know, some teams, you know, have a little bit more financial flexibility than others. All it takes is one team to want to jump out, perhaps, and and get a deal done. And, um, you know, in in the case of Dylan, um, I don't think that there's a club out there. Uh, that hasn't expressed some level of interest in him um, and all of their situations are different. Um, so, you know, when you bring up some of these higher profile players and the impact that it may have on, on Dylan or others. Um, yeah. I think that, that, that it applies to some, but not all. Um, and, you know, you know, every organization has different types of players, those players, how do they apply to your club? Those are all different factors that go into making a decision. If we feel like there's a there's a fit that improves our club, um, it will we'll certainly uh, strongly consider it. Certainly that hasn't happened at this point. So um, as far as Cease goes, you, you talked to us at the winter meetings about how, you know, you're on the same page with him and he's a, a true professional that understands the situation. But uh <clears throat> When it goes on and on like this, and I'm not saying the White Sox have created it, it's more of a uh, a media function. Do you have to continue to check in with him and uh, and talk to him about 
where his head's at and how he's preparing for the offseason, regardless of the rumors. Yeah, we, we've uh, continually spoken to, to, to Dylan. Uh, you know, he's got a very strong relationship with Ethan Katz, Pedro, um, and is building a relationship with Brian Bannister, one of our uh, new hires. So, um, and, and it's always been very consistent with Dylan. He's always preparing uh, for what's in front of him. Um, he, he, he's, I will say he's, he's fairly unique in how he does not get distracted. And that's what makes him a special pitcher and a pitcher that uh, could pitch for, for, for any club in any city. Um, that's, that's why his value is so high. So um, yeah, he's a human being. So you, you certainly want to treat him that way. Uh, every player deserves that respect and we do the best I, we can to provide, um, you know, clarity and comfort as he kind of works through this process. Daryl. Hey, Chris, with a, with a player um, such as Dylan or anybody else, uh, as, as you go into the season or if you go into the season and approach the, say the trade deadline, <clears throat> you know, in 2024, how do you how do you sort of gauge the the risks that are involved there as to what the market might be as to you know things that can happen to players and things like that? How do you sort of throw those balls in the air and, and come up with a <clears throat> with a plan? We've well, got to understand you know the player you're you're um, you're considering you're talking about. I mean that from from a player that's you know wearing a White Sox uniform. What's the makeup of the player? What's the health of the player? Um, what's the, the workload look like um, so we can kind of project into the future? Um, you know, the, the, there's certainly the trades in the past have set precedent, whether it be off-season trades and uh, mid-season trades. Th those are certainly factors. Um, it's ever-evolving, though, in, in terms of the, the urgency of other clubs. And it, it, might, it could be in an off-season. It could be at the deadline. Um, you know, it could be in May, um, it, you know, there's, there's just so many different factors when you're talking about 29 other clubs, but, um, you know, we've got a, a strong front office, a coaching staff, um, we're regularly communicating with other clubs and, and certainly, uh, collaborating, uh, amongst ourselves. So utilize the resources you have to make sound decisions. Um, is it going to be perfect? Um, it, it's certainly hard to be, and I don't expect it to be, but you try to put yourself in a position to make a sound decision. Lamond. Hey, Chris, uh, you mentioned both Maldonado and, and Max there. Just what do, you, what do you like about both those fits behind the plate for you? Well, they're two, two catchers that have had success in this game. Um, you know, veteran types, they're, they're, they're known for, for the receiving, their game planning, their throwing, they're building a rapport with our catchers. Um, going back to, to wanting to build the theme of improving our defense, it starts with certainly run prevention. Um, and when it comes to run prevention, uh, certainly the pitcher has the most control over it. I would say that the, the player on the field that has the second most control is the catcher. So both highly respected um, players within, within our game. Um, they understand what it takes to be successful at the major league level. Um, Maldonado, you know, is, is, is a recent world series winner um, has been on a lot of successful clubs. Um, most importantly to have them come in together, work together um, with some of our arms and, and other teammates. We look forward to, um, you know, seeing their work uh, work 
within our, our, our clubhouse. And, and I think we're going to benefit from that. And then uh, likewise with uh, Flexen and uh, Hill as well, just what were the thought process behind those signings as well? So when we go through our, our assessments for, for arms that we feel like are, are that can help our club, um, you know, going back to even Eric Fetty, you know, have using, you know, Brian Bannister and kind of our acquisition team, we try to identify, um, you know, some things in their arsenal um, or, or it could be a mechanic that we feel like we can bring them, bring, bring those players in here, um, improve them uh, and get them out there and be productive major league players. We both identified uh, some, some low hanging fruit, so to speak, when it comes to Tim Hill and uh, um, Chris Flexen to, to come here and get those guys back on track. Uh, there was an injury with Tim Hill that he, he um, had taken care of this past off season. So he'll be fully healthy come spring training and Chris Flexen, um, his pitch attack, um, some mechanical adjustments needed to be made. We're on the same page and look forward to, to watching that play out. Chuck. Hey, Chris, uh, congrats on your Wolverines. Thank you, Chuck. Um, it's actually two questions. One's a follow-up with Maldonado. Obviously, he's got his uh, history he's, uh, for what he's done on the field, off the field, in the clubhouse. And you look at the stats, just the stats of him defensively last season. How did you interpret what he was bringing on the field and how the stats kind of just took a nosedive? I know stats aren't everything, but how did you guys kind of comprehend what was happening and why you felt like he can still be that catcher who he's been in the past? Well, the, the, the best indicator of, of uh, what the player is going to be is, is based on what they've done in the past. And he's got a long track record of being successful back there. There were some physical limitations that affected some of the, the framing numbers or, or, or the blocking. But we're talking about a guy that um, knows how to prepare. Um, he knows the adjustments that need to be made. Um, he knows how to communicate well with pitchers. So, you know, with all those different factors, we felt like this was a – a um, very sound decision with what we're trying to accomplish and and quite honestly with where he's at in his career having max here as well and so they can kind of feed off of each other with where they're at in their careers felt like it was a wise decision too uh, and my other question uh you've addressed a lot of with the defense and the pitching staff uh, where are you right now with uh, offense and trying to improve the offense for next year well Next week, we're, we'll start with, uh, we're going to be in Arizona. We're having a hitter summit um, with everyone that's uh, part of um, hitting, whether it be on the acquisition front, development front, uh, coaching front, and look forward to, to getting everyone out there and, um, you know, establishing what, what we're going to be moving forward. Um, you know, the, the, I think that there's some handedness uh, issues that, that can be addressed, um, you know, but it, it starts out, it starts with putting together quality at bats, understanding certain situations. I don't mean just situational hitting, how you're going to be, how you're being attacked at the 00 count, 01 account, 11 count. Those are adjusting to the situations in front of, um, in front of a player and they need to understand the value of, of having that awareness and carrying out that plan at a consistent basis and being even keeled and not, not getting too high when things are going well and too low when, when there are struggles. So, um, you know, it, First and foremost, we wanted to improve the defense uh, to make a cleaner style of baseball. 
And, you know, we've got some some highly skilled offensive players and Louis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, uh, Yuan Mokata has been an impactful offensive player. We know what Andrew Vaughn uh, is capable of doing. Um, Paul DeYoung has had uh, very good offensive years. Um, so we've got some pieces in there that that certainly um, know we certainly know what they're capable of doing. Now it's a matter of, of pulling out the, the positives in, in their game. Chris, just building off of that, what sort of confidence do you have in kind of, I guess, the, the infrastructure that you guys are putting together here to turn a lot of those guys who didn't have very good offensive seasons a year ago or in some of the cases of some of the guys you brought aboard, you know, the last few years, what sort of confidence level do you have that the offense is going to be improved, even if you're not necessarily going out and getting guys who, who have the, the biggest offensive numbers? It starts with the education to our players. You educate them, you hold them accountable. Um, you you make sure that they're they're prepared to go out there and fight on a daily basis. They got to know the pitchers that that they're facing. Um, I, I do feel like the system is going to be strong in place. Uh, Marcus Thames is is very experienced um, with all different types of uh, hitters, experience levels, um, his various stops. Mike Tozar has a strong connection with some of the players that are that are already in house uh, we've brought other others around that that are going to be part of the supporting cast uh, as well so um i feel pretty good about where we're headed are, are we where we need to be of course not um but I, I i do feel like we've got the makings to 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 be more successful than we've been in the past kind of in a similar vein you know a lot of the moves that you've made so far this winter bringing in uh, veteran players on short-term deals. You've talked about having, you know, both a short and long-term plan. How do you kind of feel that you've addressed kind of that long-term plan in what you've done so far this offseason? Well, some of the shorter, uh, shorter-term shorter deals, you know, allow you to, to uh, make sure that minor league players are, are developing at the right, um, the right pace so they're not asked to do something that they're perhaps not prepared to do. Um, there is an impact with, uh, those veteran players to help some of those minor league players when they break into the big leagues. And then also with some of the shorter term deals, you've got guys that have the potential uh, to, to perhaps get back on track and reestablish what they're, they're able to do at the major league level. And, you know, there, there's different ways to spin some benefits off of that too. So um, we're looking for, for, for players that understand how to play the game, um, you know, create a, a, you know, cohesive group that, that, that enjoy getting together on a nightly basis or daily basis to go out there and win baseball games. Um, and foundationally, I feel like we're in a good spot to do that. Scott. Hey, Chris, um, what do you see? I know it's still five weeks till spring training, but what do you kind of see as Garrett Crochet's role to start off with? And what are the reports you're getting on him from uh, Arizona during the offseason? You know, the feedback on Garrett's been very positive and he's preparing – uh, this season to be to be a starter. Um, that's something he's he's certainly has done in the past. Um, you know he's got the weapons to do so. He's had some health hiccups along the way. Physically, he's in a very good spot. Um, and you know, at the end of the season and continue to the off season, we've had conversations with continue to have conversations with what the expectations are. Garrett, what where how do you see yourself? Well, this is this is how we get there. Um, and. You know, he believes he can be a starter. We've seen him be a starter in the past. And so we're going to go into spring um, prepared to stretch him out and we'll make adjustments along the way if need be.
So are you saying you look at him as are you saying you look at him as a part of the possible part of the rotation at the outset or as the season goes on, the target is to become a starter? Well, he hasn't started in in, in a couple says, of years. Yeah. So it's going to take a little bit of time um to to appropriately uh stretch him out. Um, but he he's we're going in with the intention for him to be a starter in 2024. Jesse. Um, Chris, uh, health has been such a storyline with this team over the last few years. Since since taking over, have you had any sort of um, dramatic ideas in terms of keeping some of the guys that have had some perennial injuries uh, a little bit more healthy? Well, I, you know, it starts with um, it starts with the expectation to stay healthy, um, and I know that's kind of a simple kind of statement, but the expectation is to play on a daily basis, um, and with that mindset, you then learn how to prepare to play on a daily basis. So uh, it starts with the messaging, uh, whether it be for myself, the coaching staff, the training staff, the strength and conditioning staff, um, and it, it breathes itself um, throughout the organization and certainly at the major league level. So um, now we're not going to um, do anything reckless um, by any stretch. You know, we're paying attention to where everyone's bodies are making sure they do what they need to do to, to prepare, to put themselves in a position um, to, to maintain their health and, and uh, maintain their strength throughout the season. So, um, you know, it's not a perfect science. Um, you know, certainly when it comes to, to workload on the pitching uh, front, you need to be make sound decisions. And the same thing goes on the position player front. But a lot of it is not only clinically, physically, when you have your hands on these players, um, you know, where their body's at, but also verbally, what, how they're communicating to you and how we're communicating to them to, to keep that, keep them on the field. Daryl. Hey, Chris, who is in right field? Who is at the top of your depth chart right now? Uh, that hasn't been established yet. It really hasn't. Whether, you know, there are, there are internal options, um, you know, we we we've signed some some players to NRIs. We've got some internal candidates, but um, certainly not ready to to establish um, who's going to be in right field at this point. Are you looking to add there yet, or or do you do you like the alternatives that you have right now? Yeah, we're we're looking to add. We are. Lamont. One of those other uh, roster moves that you made, Cosine. Uh, uh, just what was the uh work behind adding him to the mix and, and what do you like about him as well? Well, he was an international uh, uh, signing uh, recently. And, and, you know, he's, he's someone that, you know, we've been tracking for years and uh, feel like he's, he's a guy that um, it can be a future starter for us at some point. Uh, we're not, we're not there. There's going to be more development time, um, but he's certainly a, a player that, um, you know, we look forward to continuing his development. Vinny? Chris, do you see uh, Martin and uh, Max as your numbers one and two catchers right now? I know you guys were very complimentary about Corey Lee at the end of the last season. Is Are, are the veteran guys kind of uh, uh, the one-two for you guys going into spring? Yeah, we expect those, those two uh, catchers to be on our major league club. And uh, obviously, Corey, we, we've, we feel very strongly about what he can, what he's capable of doing on the defensive side. We have seen stretches of uh, offensive uh, production, um, and we're going to work on him getting as consistent as possible to make him as well-rounded as possible to help us uh, win some more baseball games. 
And then similarly, when it comes to uh, Flexen, is he a guy that you are, you know, projecting to be in the rotation come opening day, or is he just kind of one more of, of the mix of guys that, that you have uh, uh, in the organization right now? Well, the expectation is for him to be in the rotation and provide starter in his fours this year. 